the only activity your business demands that you do. Next up on the Two Business Guys Mastermind. This business podcast, the Two Business Guys Mastermind, uncovers for you secrets and share tips and tricks to entrepreneurship as they mastermind on how to have startup, operational, and overall business success so that you can go on to get better results. Enjoy. Rob, hey man, I love when we start talking about counter-narrative stuff, but that didn't come from me, y'all. That came from... (laughs) So counter-narrative, when we uh, are... When people have in their minds one thing, and you're telling them another, they've got something else running in the background, right? But when we start thinking about revenue generating activities for people's businesses, mm-hmm. counter narratives are running rampant. And that's what we want to talk about today, everybody. Hey, welcome to, you know, to the show. Uh, Rob and I are rested up and we're ready to go. We are noticing all this activity people are doing in their businesses and We've been challenging folks, right? And at last week, Rob, I had to, I told a, a couple of people in class, I says, listen, I want you to think about the activities that you're doing and ask one question. Does this drive revenue into my business? Is it an income producing activity? If not, stop. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Plain and simple. Does this activity, whatever it is I'm getting ready to do, drive revenue. So, and it, what it was, it, it really made me feel really good when we heard a, a student come back and they were talking about, they did revenue generating activities and got results, mm-hmm. right? Looking at the class, nobody else is doing revenue generating activities, doing all kinds of other stuff. But this one person that said, I did on purpose, specifically revenue generating activities and got results. So this is what we're talking about today, everybody. So we're going to get into what these revenue generating activities look like, why they're important, if you don't already know, and what is the counter narrative that's rolling around in your head that keeps you from getting into them, right? Doing these things. So Rob, what what would you say is what you're noticing people doing outside of the thing they should be doing for their business? Right. I, I mean, that that list is endless. Right. Having meetings um, and not sales meetings, but just meetings with people or doing research. This is my favorite one. People are on YouTube doing endless amounts of research, watching about the same things, but not implementing the things that they're learning because um, they want to make sure that they understand. Right. Uh, what, what What's another big one? I think. One that, that, that definitely comes to mind is planning, not implementing, right? So they, they, they're making huge plans. They're talking about what they're going to do three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, which sounds amazing. But then that's what they're doing today is planning. And mm-hmm. while all of these things are good things to do, it's interesting. I know for me, they were often things that I did when I was afraid of getting out and doing the real work that's necessary and specifically afraid of the rejection, afraid of people telling me that the idea wasn't good enough or afraid of asking people to buy whatever it was that I was selling and them saying no. 
And so I would try to, right, and we've talked about this before, I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? And so I would try to get it perfect before I put it out into the world. I would try to get it so that it was definitely going to work before I put it out into the world. And the problem with that is it, it smacks of hubris, right? We think that we know even though we've never sold a thing or we haven't sold a whole bunch, if we, even if we sold a couple, you sold to a couple of your friends and your family and right. And then we come to it thinking that we know the market and we know what's going to work. And it's the exact opposite. The whole process in the beginning is learning the market, but most people don't do the work that they need to do in order to learn. And like, I get it that, that, that I live that life. It, it, it is, it is a tough pill to swallow, especially for those entrepreneurs that come to entrepreneurship from being good at whatever it was that you were doing before you came to entrepreneurship, because Mm -hmm. it is a hard, humbling experience to go back to the bottom of being a novice and not being good at what you're doing. Mm. And, and, you know, I I do this a lot, Rob, you know, reinventing, trying new things. I'm probably in life, probably on the fourth new thing, trying something, right? Doing something that I had you know, no knowledge of like mm-hmm. zero. And it is frustrating, but it's liberating in that when you start something new, you're all in love with it. You're finding out new stuff. It helps you grow, mm-hmm. right? It rounds you out. Mm-hmm. No, but you get too caught up. And as you talk about the planning, man, I tell you what, I've got a client right now who. <laughs> is finally seeing his breakthrough and he had to kind of get unhard headed. <laughs> I mean, really he had to get unhard headed because, you know, I would, instead of doing it for him, I says, okay, this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's the direction you should go in simply because it's not going to be that high revenue producing activity. Mm-hmm. It was busy work. Right. And then I says, you know, so he would you know, send me some things and he would show me, he says, well, what do you think about this? And I look at it and go, <laughs> does all that you did have to do with the thing that you say you want to do? And that's earn money, earn exactly. money for your business. Right. So exactly. um, I would kind of like, Oh, try this. And a lot, a lot of times it just cut out a lot of the fat, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it cut out the adipose tissue <laughs> in the business. <laughs> right. And says, okay, if you streamlined it and just did this simple thing, that would work. Mm-hmm. because it gets right to it, right? Is that, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this off camera about the 80-20 rule, right? Is that mm-hmm. 80% that you're doing is garbage. But exactly. if you do these 20% of things, it'll drive 80% of the revenue, mm-hmm. right? And and when we were talking off camera, one of the things that I talked about, because I, I feel like a lot of times, and I want to I wanna kind of dig in here today, I feel like a lot of times we kind of get back and forth. And, you know, we've been doing this for a while and we've been coaching this for a while. And so we, we, get, we get caught up in that space of, right, we know the 20% of things and here are the things you need to be doing. But I want to stick a little bit in the emotional side, because I feel like this is one of those things for entrepreneurs that's really more emotional driven and then then kind of intellectually driven right mm-hmm. if if you if you went to 100 entrepreneurs and you said do you want to do the 20 percent of things that make you money or the 80 percent of things that don't 100 percent of them would say i want to do 20 percent that make me money and in that same breath they would say i wish i knew what those 20 percent were mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i think that's one of the things that 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 i wanted i want you to kind of address and, and dig into because mm-hmm. i think that you know <clears throat> a lot of entrepreneurs 
are just, you know, are fumbling in the dark trying to figure out what those 20% are. And I was going to say, you know, you alluded to it a little bit earlier where you're like, you cut out for your clients and you do some work and right. And the same thing that, that, that we do um, for the entrepreneurs that we deal with. How important is it in your entrepreneurial journey to not try to figure out that 20% all by yourself? Oh man, that's a good one. And I like that question. Um, I think if we had, I think what will be valuable for entrepreneurs and even some, some seasoned entrepreneurs, if they got back to remembering what started their business, they were out there selling, mm-hmm. right? So you talk about the emotional stuff. People have this belief that selling is like, you know, the, the uh, used car salesman approach and I'm bugging people. No, you're feeding yourself and you're feeding your family and you're being of service to them, right? And especially if you do it in a specific way. So, you know, from an emotional standpoint, people don't like selling. Mm-hmm. But it's the very thing that drives revenue into your business. Selling. They like marketing, right? Putting out posts that nobody sees <laughs> because it gives a nice dopamine, you know, hit. And it's like, oh, I did something activity. Mm-hmm. But then if you ask them, okay, well, what was the return? And I do this a lot. I'll say, all right, and what did that bring you back? So what was the return on your time, mm-hmm. right? And I can say it in all kinds of ways. What was the return on that post? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, so let's see if I got this right. You do a lot of that marketing, mm-hmm. but yet you don't know what the return on that activity is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Stop, right? Wrong activity. <laughs> and, and literally I was in, um, I, was do- I was given a talk. So for mm-hmm. me, as I look at this, that talk was mm-hmm. selling, mm-hmm. but it was edu selling, right? It was educating. And what happened after the talk, right? They were mm-hmm. beating a path, not out the door, but to me to find out, hey, hey, can we, can I get on a Zoom call with you? Can I make a meeting with you? And this is how I framed the meeting, Rob. I says, we're going to be talking about marketing to make money. And they kind of like marketing to make money. I thought this was a marketing talk. Yeah. Marketing to make money. And I says, not all that other stuff you have been doing. Marketing just to market. Mm -hmm. So marketing, it involves selling that involves following up with what you put out there, finding out what that return on that time on that post was. You see what I mean? Marketing with the idea that I'm driving traffic to somewhere where Mm -hmm. typically your email list. So that gives you the opportunity to have more conversation with folks, right? Yes. And to warm them up more. Are you doing that? I can't tell you. And I do marketing, uh, email marketing classes too, right? And workshops Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I tell you, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I hear people go, oh, I got, I got a service. You know, it can be MailChimp, it can be ConvertKit, it can be whatever. I got a service. Uh, yeah, but I don't use it that much. I said, yeah, because I don't see any emails from you. <laughs> and I, and I want to see some emails from you because in that email may give me an idea. In that email, because if you're being of value, but that's one of those activities that will return you the income that you want, but you just got to get there. What map, what other map are you running that says, ah, I don't want to do that? too slow or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
as we think about what are the activities, right? And I think entrepreneurs would benefit from literally having a checklist in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If you know, if I you like see that. my office, I, I have checklists, I have things on a board, and I've got things that I'm looking to my left to do list, and it is make sure I do this. And it all involves make sure I do some kind of selling, some kind of revenue generating activity. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a little a little clock that I use. And then when that thing goes off in an hour, I ask myself, what were you doing in that hour? And if yes. any of that is, well, I was online, I was on YouTube and it wasn't a <laughs> video that would help me sell more. Mm-hmm. I write that down. And I go, mm-hmm. yeah, non-revenue generating activity. So at the end of the day, you say, man, I worked 10 hours. Yeah. How much of that was? other stuff. So I really think that a checklist will really help folks really understanding that um, you know, selling is one of the most important activities. Now, how, yes. what does that involve, right? Calling right. out people? Yes. Sending yeah. out specific asks for the, for the, uh, for the business? Yes. Mm-hmm. But you said it earlier, being afraid of rejection is not going to help you make a good business. Right. So, so how do we get, how, how do we get people to that, to that space? Cause like, I, I know, <clears throat> at least for me, I was in a space when I first was starting, especially if you don't have a big network, you don't have a whole bunch of people, you try not to feel like you're bugging your, your parents or your, your, your friends and your small network of people. How do you get to this space where you're asking 10, 20, a hundred people a day to buy your product? How do you, how do you build that? Right. Cause again, it's, it, it's easy for us to say, you know, here's the, here's the activities that you need to be focused on revenue generating activities writ large, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about a checklist, but is that checklist, you know, universal? Is that checklist specific to each person's business? And more importantly, how do they overcome that, that feeling of not really wanting to, uh, to deal with rejection, not really wanting to deal with that. Like you talked about it, you know, um, the, the idea of, selling as being like this used car salesman what's a what's a different kind of paradigm that people can develop around selling to kind of help them get past that feeling of being pushy and kind of you know being overbearing and also deal with that deal with rejection what's a what's a way that they can look at rejection differently as well that's a good one um if you were uh if they were a medical doctor and they had something that would save the patient Now, I'm I'm giving you a mindset shift here, everybody, right? Mindset shift. And you had this thing. It could be your business. And you knew it would help somebody. That's Mm -hmm. the medical doctor having the thing that'll save them. Would you hold that to yourself? Would it be wise to hold that to yourself? You're going to watch them. You know this will work. Mm -hmm. So if you are framing it in a way that I am helping the patient, Mm-hmm. with this information, mm-hmm. then it is your responsibility to give it to them as mm-hmm. often as you can. Right? I, like that. I get this question oftentimes in email marketing when I'm doing the workshops. They say, how often should I be emailing folks? Mm-hmm. Right? Because again, they're worried about bugging them. Right? They can always unsubscribe. Yeah. Just remember that. And you probably want them to unsubscribe because you want rabid fans. You want the people that are like, I want these emails, even if they don't automatically buy from the first set, first seven or eight. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? If they haven't unsubscribed and you know that they're going through, the emails are going through, then it is your responsibility because you know your product or service will help them to mm-hmm. be in contact with them all the time. And I use this, this idea. I said, look, you've got a friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm going from medical doctor with good information, patient, <laughs> to now friend. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to talk to your friends and family as often as possible? What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Talk to them once a month? That's like sending an email once a month. But if you got something that you just came uh, across because of research or something like that, and you want to share it with them because you know it will work for them, then you would want to talk to them as often as possible. And I says a minimum three times a week, minimum. But quite frankly, if you want something to be successful, why not talk to them every day? Mm-hmm. If you frame it in a way that I love my clients, mm-hmm. friends and family, mm-hmm. doctor to patient, right? I love them. I want them to survive, then talk to them every day. Yep. Maybe you now give them Sunday it, off. That makes a lot of sense. And I think there was something, I remember Zig Ziglar said it like this. He said, selling is helping. That's it. Selling is helping. Mm. Frame it and, that way. And, and that, that, that idea for me, like really just kind of changed the, the whole dynamic. I had another mentor that kind of did that exact, that, that the doctor analogy. Uh, and one of the things she talked about was, when you're in the actual sales conversation, realize that you're the expert, you're the one with the solution. But mm-hmm. what's necessary for that, and I think a lot of business owners kind of, and this could go on that checklist, right? A lot of business owners don't fully grasp the nature of the problem that they're solving, right? This is what we deal with with a lot of the entrepreneurs that we deal with, right? <clears throat> they understand it kind of in this, this, these big terms, right? And again, using a doctor analogy, if I'm a shoulder surgeon, like the 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 best or the the the, the kind of basic shoulder surgeons, people trying to get into the area know that somebody's got a problem with their shoulder that they want their shoulder to be fixed. But that's not really why people are going to come to you. They're not going to come to you because they're like, yeah, I got a problem with my shoulder and I want my shoulder to be fixed. That those those types of people are not going to be your great customers, right? Mm-hmm. Because your solution they have to do too much of the mental work to grab the solution, right? Whereas when you are able to, to articulate, there's pain in your shoulder and it's really ruining the, your day. You can't move your arm. You can't go to work. You can't do these types of things. And more than that, it's making you feel like your body is breaking down and like your youth is ebbing from you and like you're, 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 you're on, the, on the bad side of you know, the age decline, all of those types of things, right? It's affecting your quality of life. It's affecting your mental health. It's affecting all that. When you understand those points, then when you're talking to the person, you can actually ask them questions that they, they get to, they get them excited about the solution that you have to offer before you ever offer it, mm-hmm. right? You can ask them questions that actually trigger in them a desire to act. Right. And that's what when you go into the doctor's office, the doctor doesn't come in and say, all right, so I got this solution. No, the doctor asks you a whole bunch of questions when they first come in office. They come in. They don't even they don't even they don't even act like they're going to offer you a solution until they do their questions, because at the end of the day, the doctor's like, this may be a solution for you may not. I don't know yet. So let's try this. Right. Right. Like, let's talk. What's your pain like on a scale of one to ten? Where is it at? Right. Right. How long have you been dealing with this pain? How did you, how did this pain start? Like all of these questions they get there because there's certain patients that doctors will do surgeries on and there's certain patients that doctors will prescribe painkillers for or 
or physical therapy or all types. So it's interesting because oftentimes I feel like a lot of business owners get into this space where we're so worried about getting rejected, right? To the second question we talked about, the mental rejected. We're so worried about getting rejected because we don't really know who the patients are that are the ones that we're supposed mm-hmm. to help. I like we that. don't really know who the people are that need our service such that it will make a dramatic change to their lives. You hear this a lot from entrepreneurs. Well, everybody could use my product and service. Yes, technically. But really, <laughs> is that is is that your audience? Should you everybody? be selling to everybody? <laughs> exactly. Is this going to give a tremendous change in quality of life to everybody? No, it's going to give a marginal change in quality of life to everybody. But there's a specific group of people that this thing will be life changing for. And those are the people that you're trying to find. And in order to find them, like you said, you got to be asking, you got to be talking. Everybody's not that person and everybody's not that person on every day. This is another one thing that one of my mentors uh, told me about, which was really interesting. (laughs) He said, if you had 100 people who were your ideal customer, uh-huh. right? They have the problem that you are that, 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 that you solve. If you had a hundred of them in a room and you gave them a pitch of, you know, you talked about the problem, you talked about the solution, you did all the stuff that you're supposed to do, great marketing. Of that hundred, three of them will be ready to buy that day. And I was like, wait, what? He was like, yes. Of a hundred people who are your ideal client, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On any mm-hmm. giving day, 3% are ready to buy on that day. Now, 3%. another 3% is ready to buy tomorrow. Another 3% is ready to buy a week from now. Another 3% is ready to buy 10, 10 weeks from now. Another 3% is ready to buy three months from now. But the key thing that people have to pay attention to is you could have the perfect solution for people, but if they're not ready for it, mm-hmm. right? And you think about this from the perspective, right? The movies. The movies is open every weekend. But certain people get paid on certain weekends. Certain people get paid on other weekends. <laughs> They're not ready to go. To <laughs> exactly. Right. And, 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 and a lot of times that reality, I feel like really hurts some entrepreneurs because they feel like, oh, it's something I'm doing. It's like, no, you have to understand mm-hmm. the market that you're in. Right. That's the reason why. Um, you have to get comfortable with quote unquote rejection and realize they're not rejecting you. They're saying they're not ready. Right. You have to realize that at any point in time, only 3% of the people that, that, that you're looking for are looking for you right then. And so when you start realizing that, because that means that 97, 97 people are going to say no. So you've got to figure out how to do things in such a way that three people saying yes funds your business model. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that. And that 3%, think about that 3%, everyone. Sometimes in certain businesses, depending on what your price point is, that 3% could be awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of grocery stores, they only make 3% margin. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're billion dollar bunch of, <laughs> of grocery stores, right? Right, on a three percent margin. So, in and in certain cases, again, if you're selling a a let's say a high ticket item, for example, three percent mm-hmm. conversion rate is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. because I run ads and all that kind of stuff. I look at some things. I'm going, this is great. Three percent, super right. duper. Because you can scale three percent. That's the of key. What? That's the key. That, that 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 point right there. Don't don't gloss over this point because I think it's, it, it ties back to your other point of how many people are you asking? Because what a lot of people are doing is they're getting three percent of ten. 
right? right. And now, <laughs> which is not quite a client. <laughs> and we do this stuff when we are talking um, to uh, to our entrepreneurs sometimes about how many people have you talked to. So again, revenue generating activity. Right? Mm-hmm. How many people are you asking? to come into your, uh, you know, sphere of, uh, uh, and I can never say that word right, right? Sphere, <laughs> it's an S sphere of influence, right? Your funnel, your spin, your, your flywheel, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. How many people are you asking by your own mechanism? And mm-hmm. how many people are you employing? Mm-hmm. Or what other things are you employing? And that gets into the, a little bit of the, you know, hey, we know you're, doing this stuff or not, but now here is some of the what's to do. Mm -hmm. We love this, you know, our podcast to be about helping, not just complaining. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So when we think about, are you asking for referrals? Mm -hmm. How many? Right. And how often? How many and how often? That's a revenue generating activity, everybody, income generating activity. Are you blogging? to bring in business. That's inbound marketing, everybody, right? So, oh, wait a minute, but it's writing. Okay, you don't wanna write, then go get someone to write for you. Mm-hmm. Get your guest bloggers in. Right. You put or, in your links or vlog revenue. Instead of blogging. Blog and blog, right? So each one of those things, right? So doing yeah. videos. Yeah, so for those people that, that don't wanna write, go ahead and speak what you wanna say. Yeah instead of writing right and nowadays my assistant found this there's this uh there's this uh this this software that we use called otter ai otter.ai mm-hmm. i know we're literally because it, got it otter will transcribe <laughs> right it will literally transcribe everything that you're saying while you're saying it right i was on a youtube i was on a zoom um conference the other day that they've got um, they've got some sort of integration i'm looking into it now because i know we're about to do some some web um some uh some webinars and some 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 conferences that in this next year around time mastery and in the zoom it was transcribing the so you could have a transcript as a participant in the zoom that you could follow along with so if you miss something that the person said you could go back and read through the transcript and be like oh okay that's what he said it's amazing right you can do that for your videos and of course youtube if you're doing youtube videos you can turn that on yeah and i'm gonna give you guys here's here's the hack yt colon cc equal on if you put that in your description field, it will automatically bring up your, um, it will automatically have, you know, you see the words. Those right? captions, yeah. Yeah, it will automatically do that for you. And then there's a back-end way that you can get to the transcriptions. Because get this, what you might not know is that YouTube has to have the words to understand what you're talking about, to understand what ads to put in front of your videos. Mm-hmm. So once you know that, right, you can use a, a, a service like Outer AI or whatever, But then if you're vlogging, like Rob is talking about, again, think about this revenue generating activity. So I'm vlogging with the idea of, and this, we're we're, we're getting ready to drop some gold in your pocket. So I hope you brought a pockets, (laughs) right? Or you bought something that you can pick up this gold. We're getting ready to drop to you right now. So now think about this activity. 
I'm vlogging. How is that revenue generating? Because guess what? From the words, especially if you're using keyword rich words, right? And if you don't know what we're talking about on that, you know, we'll be more than happy. Give us a call, you know, put something in the comment. Hey, what are you guys talking about? What is this keyword rich stuff? I can share some tools with you and all this kind of good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're using keyword rich tools, knowing that Google has to transcribe what you're talking about, and now you're going to now go get a piece of that transcription, you now can take that transcription and repurpose it. There you go. Revenue generating activity, vlogging, right? Video blogging. And then you now take that information and you got words and you go, what can I do with this? Oh, Blog. let me count the ways. <laughs> let yep. us count the things. So, so you get what, what we're talking about now. Revenue generating activity. It is a kind of marketing because you're talking about a subject matter that you are expert in, right? Or you're curious about and you've read a whole bunch of books and now you're sharing it. That's not selling. That's edu selling. Right. It's adding you, value. Adding value. That's the doctor listening and then prescribing something to you, right? So this is what you're doing. That's a generate, that's a revenue generating activity. Here's another one. This is one, oh my gosh. Let's say you do some of this stuff. You, you know, you, you're um, putting out stuff on you know, social media. How how often are you following up? Mm-hmm. Now, following up on people that says to you. And this bugs me a lot. I, I just sent a, a message to a um, guy got my email, you know, boom, boom, boom. He's got a product. He's got my email. Product didn't download. Mm-hmm. Right now, if I'm asking for your product, I'm giving you my email. And I understand what an email is worth nowadays. Right. Mm-hmm. But it didn't download. I sent him a message. No, no response. He's getting ready to get unsubscribed. Right. You don't even follow up. Now, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty warm client. If you got something that seems interesting to me, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. If it especially if it helps me automate something, right? If it's um, something that's going to make whatever I'm doing a little easier. Mm-hmm. If this is an investment, right? Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, never followed up. Rob, I tell you, follow-up is key. Yes. Right? So we're, now this is checklist stuff, right? Money is in the follow-up. Asking for referrals vlogging to get the information to people and back to you so you can repurpose it in a variety of ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right are you thinking about your pricing do we get this a lot hey that price is too low have you reviewed your prices well i don't want (laughs) to you don't want to what you don't want to eat right you don't want to have a successful business then reviewing prices and determining if the market is sensitive enough to them is a revenue generating activity. Yes. Right? Yes. So now we, we, we talked a little bit about that. Really quickly, go back mm-hmm. in because you, you gave a, 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 a little snippet, a little little key that, that you ran over real quick. And I wanted to make sure that everybody got that, that, that quote. You said, the YouTube code for embedding your CCs and your, your transcript was YT colon something. What was that? YT colon CC equal on. You put it just like that, right? YT colon CC equals on. 
And where do they need to put that in the in the in description the title? Field. Oh, in the description field. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. if you put that in the description field, then that video will automatically show the words. Now, here's what's funny: when I'm watching videos and I I see that, I read the words. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't because you want, and this is to what you said earlier. The doctor says, "Hey, you come in and they ask you a question. What is your level of pain right now?" Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's like asking, what's your level of seriousness to get this off, to accept what he's getting ready to tell you next? Then what do you want when you go in? Oh, I want surgery. No, I want this pain to go away. <laughs> exactly. I want this because you said, hey, it's affecting my, you know, I feel like my body is breaking down. So that becomes this one issue is causing all of these other issues. Exactly. Affecting your self-esteem. My body's breaking down. I'm getting older, blah, blah, blah. I'm in pain. So the doctor says, well, how badly do you want this fixed? That's why a lot of people, I think, resist going to physical therapy. That's Mm -hmm. like us as consultants are going out there saying, okay, do this. And they're going, ah, because they want it to go away right away. Exactly. And and Rob, do we have clients that's... I know you do because I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I just want the the outcome of that. I says, right. hey, you would you like me to do it for you? Because doing it for you versus DIY mm. is a different price. <laughs> yes. But and here's the thing though, I and and, and I, I, I always laugh and I and, and we go along and, you know, we talk about that, but <clears throat> I think it's something that people need to be aware of as well. You don't want to like don't shy away from it just because it means that it's a higher that, it, that it's price that it's cost, because something that people don't realize is the, the value of their time, not just doing the thing, but the value of their time learning the thing and. Oftentimes, it's better for you to have somebody that can do it and do it well and to pay that money to get it done well instead of you spending 10 hours, 15 hours, 30 hours, 50 hours trying to learn this and do it poorly when it's not something that you have a passionate doing, right? Right. A lot of times people are are, are really not great at estimating the, the value of their time in their business. And and I want to and I, I push back because this is something that I had to overcome as well. Like I remember like it was yesterday. Right. Like now, mind you, I teach people how to delegate. So it's not as if I don't have this skill. <laughs> right. But in my business, one of the things that I was looking at, and this is where a lot of beginning entrepreneurs struggle because you're looking at, well, I don't have a lot of money for this. And I don't have a lot of money for that. And the the thing that I would look at was. Instead of going and finding somebody and hiring somebody that was an actual done for you service, a service that says, here's what I'm going to do. And this is what it's going to get you. This is the level of standard that I'm going to be doing it at. And here's the here's the understanding. Here's the the recommendation. Instead of being willing to pay for that. Right. And to calculate how many hours is going to save me? How long do I think it's going to take me to learn how to do this thing? How long do I think it's then going to take me to do it and implement it and then to get that result? And not just in, you know, kind of days, but in actual man hours you will find that a lot of the stuff that you're hiring people to do might take you 50, 60, 100 hours. And if you were just getting paid at $20 an hour, now you're talking about $2,000. Right. If you value your time at $50 an hour, 
that same hundred hours is now worth five thousand dollars for you see see that's the calculation so let's think about this again revenue generating activities could be figuring that out right so i i'm reading this book by uh so well, i already read it like there three times Sabree <laughs> subi um sell like crazy and in one of the resources he get this little valuable thing now i've already done this but it says value of your current time mm. y'all see that calculation and now you see what else he has here value of your current time and it says all right what tw- let's just put in twenty dollars an hour because we can roll up on just about anything right now and get 20 bucks an hour and it says i make x amount per week on what hours doing. So, and then it has, if you notice at the bottom, it says, okay, delegate or outsource. Mm-hmm. Now I used to, personal story, everybody, right? This is because we're empathetic. We understand. I used to outsource as much as I possibly can. I don't know why I'm, I'm whispering because maybe, you know, I don't want, my wife might hear me, but I used to not even cut my own grass. Why? Because that's not a value revenue generating activity. I literally used to think this hour or so that it's taken me to do this, right? I, you know, I got to, you know, get the, you know, thing out. I got to put gas in it. I got to, you know, you know, worry about it. I got to walk the, you know, yard, make sure there's, you know, nobody threw some rocks or grass or, or, or glass or something. In it, right. And then I got to actually cut the grass. And I got to look at the grass and go, what am I going to do with that? So now that's another, so get this. I started having a person do it. Well, you know, I think sometimes, you know, my wife kind of like, I don't know, she maybe she wanted to see me sweat or something, right? Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. But I started doing my grass again because the people that were coming over, they would come sometime. It was a bad service, in other words. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? You know, I did what um, uh, Gerber says, don't do. Don't <laughs> delegate and then, you know, go back into the business. But anyway, I says, well, what can I do during this time that could capture that time and make it more valuable to me? This is the key. So now when I'm cutting the grass, guys, this is going to weird you out a little bit. But I'm, I got a pen and paper with me because I might get an idea. So now I say, well, in this time that I'm going to take doing this, I have to generate three ideas that can help my customers, clients, and business, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I took this activity that I shouldn't be doing, and I turned it into something that says, from this, I have to, that is, and I and I always do, yeah. right? Now, now, here's the funny thing. That is a great, like so, so most people, like Michael Gerber says, go just back from delegation back into doing it. So Randy, because he studied, because he's learned, because he's done all the stuff that he that that he's done up to this point, because he's an amazing entrepreneur, he's figured out how to take the time that he knows he's wasting and make it so that there's less wasted time in that. You. Now, here's the thing, because that's a great story, but now this is where you get to hear the business guy's mastermind, because you know I'm about to push back. The basic idea, right? And and I'm pushed back only a little bit because there's a, there's an important saying that that overrides everything that we're about to say right now. And that saying is, "Happy wife, happy life." So, <laughs> in 
if he's cutting the grass because the wife wants him to cut the grass, then everything that I'm about to say is a moot point. But <laughs> but if he's cutting the grass because he had bad service with the other people that he had bad service with, this is exactly what I what I want you all to pay attention to entrepreneurs. Because a lot of times we get into these situations. I have had bad marketers. I've had people come in that, that were going to try to do something for me and they got nothing, right? Because they were still learning and they talked a good game and they marketed really good for me, but they weren't able actually to market our business. And I've had the experience of saying, well, okay, I guess we got to do it in-house. We got to do all the marketing ourselves. But I've sat with Randy because Randy is a phenomenal marketer. We got another friend of ours, uh, Chris Mathis, who's an amazing marketer. And so we've sat at lunch a number of different times. And they're like, well, you just got to do this. You got to do I'm like, y'all don't understand. <laughs> I don't like marketing. <laughs> right? So, so for all you, mar- all you entrepreneurs out there who don't like marketing, I, I feel you. I understand your pain. My pleasure, my, 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 my sweet spot, my zone of genius is in teaching, training, and building, right? Um, helping people to be better, helping t- taking my team and making my team better, taking other people's teams better. <clears throat> it's not in the marketing piece. However, if I had gone and, and, and gotten jaded by the couple of experiences that I had with bad, and, and not even bad marketers, but just marketers that weren't for me, marketers that couldn't do for me what I needed to be done for me, the amount of time that it takes me to learn and to implement and to do all of that because I focus so much of my time on customer fulfillment, on implementing trainings and teachings and all the rest mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. It literally slows my business down when I get in the weeds of marketing. You're the bottleneck. Yes, sir. I'm the, I become the bottleneck. So mm-hmm. instead, and this is, this is where it applies to, to your current grass cutting fiasco, right? If you think about it, how often do you have to cut your grass during the summer? Once a week, once every two weeks. One and a half week is, is getting tall. Yeah, but let, exactly. I can stretch it to two weeks. Right. So two weeks at the longest, one week, right? And summer in Michigan is like 12 weeks if we get if we lucky. So right. right. So that's 12 hours, right? And that's if it only takes an hour. If it takes an hour and a half, two hours to get the to get the yard done. So that's 12 to 24 hours uh-huh. that Randy is dealing with every summer. How long would it take you? to go through your Rolodex of lawn care services to find another suitable lawn care provider. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Maybe a half hour, maybe an hour, right? Mm -hmm. And let's say they come and let's say you got to go through three of them. So three weeks, you get your grass cut every week and you've got to go through three different services. That took you all of probably an hour total to deal with all three of those. But now you find your third one that you like and they're they're cutting your grass for the rest of the summer. That's nine weeks. That's nine hours. That you get back. Right. So you spent one hour to get nine back. Gold nugget drop. Right. I don't. And to Rob's point, if you are enjoying a specific activity. That's one thing. Yes. Right. It's, it's like, this is the thing that gives you pleasure. You know, I had to, I had to come up with all kinds of tricks in order to get me to do this again. Right. <laughs> I had to say, Oh, well, it's the time I work out, you know, I make sure I sweat and then I go in and, you know, you know, say, Hey babe, I'm sweating. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, all kinds of mental, you know, gymnastics that I had to do, but every single time that I monkey around with it, I'm saying I could be billing at this. I could be vlogging 
And from that vlog, now this is, we're, we're bringing it back, um, you know, uh, 360 for you guys, right? Full circle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could be asking for a referral. I could be writing an email that will drive business in. I could be generating a lead magnet to use in my marketing that I can put on automatic during that time. Now I'm going to get to the billing part. If I'm billing at the friends and family rate of $150 an hour, or if I'm billing at the corporate rate of $650 an hour. Now, anytime I put the 650 into the calculation, I get sick. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm 650 times, uh, right? <laughs> exactly. But that's the know, that's the main thing I'm thinking about. Whenever, whenever I think about delegating, that's the key thing. And people get you like, you, you know, 15, 20, even $50 an hour. People are like, well, you know, I'm like, do you understand how much money you can make in your business? Correct. And I think that a lot of people don't do up. that. I don't, I think a lot of people don't do that math, right? That, that, that activity. And, 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 and maybe we can put that comment or that, 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 uh, calculation in the, in the description for this video later. Cause Right. And, and give us a thumbs up if you want to if, if you want that calculation, if you want to get that information um, and, and thumbs down. If you just don't care, don't worry about it. But if you feel like that would be helpful for you to be able to calculate what your time is actually worth in your business, give us a thumbs up on the video. Drop us a comment. Let us know that you that you want that information. And Randy will make sure that we get it out yeah. in some way. In the, Have in you the, done the that? Man, or whatever. Right. When you do it again, this is where when. um I get something like this. Now think about this, right? I read the book. That took me time. Well, I, I you know, I, I got a hack, right? When I'm doing some walking or if I'm cutting the grass, I'm listening to something like this because I got to get my three ideas that will then go and give me some revenue. So these are the things that while you're doing this activity that's not bringing you income immediately, are you hacking that activity mm-hmm. in the way that it will? So I'm listening to the book and then, he, hey, here's a resource now. Look what I'm doing with the resource. I'm telling you about it. It becomes a part of what we are creating, right? I'm putting this guy up on game a little bit because maybe you go get his book. That That's a part mm-hmm. of it, right? But being able to at least have that math in front of you. And this is what I do with entrepreneurs when I'm working with them, right? I say, okay, what do you make at your job? Uh, you know, 25, 30, 40, $50 an hour. Oh, okay. Um, and if I told you that anytime someone calls you up and asks you to do anything that's not revenue generating toward your business, that you could just literally say, I would love to, but my business won't let me because my business has to make me at least $50, $25, $20 an hour. That's just what you make at your, at your job. Exactly. Right. I mean, so that becomes that moment when you literally see their eyes go i never thought about it like that Mm -hmm. right and of course you're going to get pushback on that everybody you're going to get that oh you have to relax and oh boy you talk about driving me nuts right (laughs) well that's fine right go go relax i got a business owner right now that i was joking with the other day because he's on vacation right and i'm doing some 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 work with his business (laughs) and i says okay your business called and it told me you better be doing something toward getting more stuff for me, the business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And that was kind of like laugh, laugh, laugh. But I mean, don't get me wrong. 
You need that downtime. But during that downtime, how is it? What are you doing? Where did you go? That then you can bring back some gold nuggets to you know drive more revenue in your business. Right. Especially for solopreneurs, because here's the and here's here's another kind of nugget for you all that is a transition. Because a lot of people are like, you know, immediately in their minds, they're going to, but we, we he's on vacation. He shouldn't have to think about his business, et cetera. It's like, yes, but there is a transition point where you have earned that type of vacation. And that transition point is the point when your business is making you money while you're on vacation. Exactly. When your business is making you money while you're on vacation, then you can completely go on vacation and not think about your business. Robert Kiyosaki says it this way in Cashflow Quadrant. The difference between a small business and a big business is this. <clears throat> if a small business owner or a solopreneur went on vacation for a year, they would come back and have no business. If a big business owner went on vacation for a year, they would come back and their business will have grown. The question you must ask yourself is, will your business die without you? If it will, then you are still in the stage of having to craft it in such a way, of having to grow it and develop it and move to a place where you start replacing yourself. A couple of books that you want to read on this point, right? Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Mm -hmm. E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Those two books are amazing kind of guidelines on how to make the transition so that you're not just creating a job for yourself, but you're actually creating a business. There it is, everyone, right? And this is, this is these are hot topic stuffs, right? So I'll, I'll give you a couple more. These are activities to do and some activities to stop doing immediately. Cutting grass, no, <laughs> cut that out, right? I gotta go cut it today. So email marketing, absolute must. Sales calls. Free consultations. We talked about this in some other videos. Free consultations, because sometimes that's the edu selling opportunity, right? That's the opportunity to ask, what's the problem? Prospecting constantly, right? You're constantly, either it is prospecting via you literally prospecting. I had a client, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, not, not a client, just a friend that, you know, she started a business. So I called her up and I says, hey, um, you know, how things going? Oh, everything's all right. I says, you know, uh, what's your steady, what's your flow of um, new customers? Oh, uh, well, you know, we're just working off of the other company. So would you like more? You see what I'm doing? I'm just asking questions, right? And she says, well, yeah, I need, I need more. I says, well, here's an easy hack. And it was, it was one of those simple things. Right. One of those 20% activities that will drive 80% of, I says, instead of having your, um, the people that are working with you, your employees sitting around, right, waiting for customers to come in, I says, just have them go to yellowpages.com. Old school hack, right? Back in the day, it was yellow pages, yellowpages.com. <laughs> Type in, you know, the kind of business that you, you, um, that you want to go for or, you know, that would help or your current client type of business. I says, and when you do that, you will see like businesses. I says, and have them start calling. That's it. Now, in your business, you should have someone that just, that seems like a phone is, is melted to their ear, that they love this stuff. 
It might not be the person that just doesn't like that. The accountant in the back that just wants to deal with numbers, not them. Mm-hmm. But that person that says, oh, my gosh, another chance to talk to somebody. I love it. That's who you want to have come in and do that. And if it's not your current employee, then get somebody, you know, whether you go to a, 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 a contract service, temporary service, that they just love this stuff. They love mm-hmm. prospecting or delegate it out. You got somebody from Philippines or you got somebody that's stateside or you got somebody from fiber. You got somebody that's all they do all day long. Prospect. Mm-hmm. Now you can give them your prospect list. That's the same concept. That gets you out of the emotional. I don't like selling. Mm-hmm. Well, get somebody who does. And then if it's contract, you pay them. They get you stuff. Right now, that's one aspect of how you go out and make those hard calls, prospecting calls. Now you go down the other list and you say, okay, well, Mark, uh, um, email marketing. Okay, what am I doing with that? You can hire that out if you want to as well. Somebody that gets you emails, it gets you a lead list. And then you have that person that's got the phone melted to their ear because they love it. Go through that. Yep. Right, The employees, when a call comes in. So my point here is um, that these revenue generating activities are all that matters. Mm-hmm. Not, not to do list stuff, not monkeying around with your website is good enough. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Right. Cause you can, you can make a website, you can make a landing page. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can send people to specific pages, right? Monkeying around with your about us page. In fact, Nobody cares about you. You care about what you can do for them. <laughs> right? I go to my doctor. I don't care about you, doc. I care about your knowledge and what you can do to get rid of the shoulder pain, if we will. Right? So uh, admin stuff. What are you doing? Stop that. That's $20 an hour stuff that you can hire out at probably $18 an hour and then give people $2 bonus, whatever. Right. $15 an hour. 15. I mean, my point is, is that this becomes these low level activities um, um, that that don't help you. You get on a YouTube video. Now, here's one thing that, you know, I, I look, if I get on. See, that's our clock, everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. If I get on a video. And, and I, I love these track videos. Right. Now, I look at these track videos and it's like, oh, my gosh, I love this stuff. Right. But you can go down a nice rabbit hole for an hour. And if you're not looking at this video and saying, how did they get 30,000 views in four days? Mm-hmm. And then trying to reverse engineer that, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're looking at this going, I want my video to get 30,000 views because I got links in the description field of things that I believe will help folks. Links to my email marketing service so that I can continue to help folks. Links to a product that you are selling. And because they loved your video so much that they're going, I'm buying that from that Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing those things, those are not revenue generating activities. And it's going to make your business suffer. This is what we want to talk about today, everyone. Right. And we got a ton more. If you want us to, and you got to tell us this, if you want us to put together a checklist. Now, you know me, I like to do stuff you know, beforehand. And Rob says, Mm-mm, we're not spending any time until we know that people want it. Mm-hmm. If you want us to put together a to do and not to do list, we'll do that for you. But you got to tell us, put it in the, descri- in the description field 
and let us know, hey, I want that list. And we'll put it together for you because you guys know we got to spend time on this. Mm. But we will for you if you ask for it. Rob, there's some, there's some other things that because our timer went off, you know, you, you got to get get going and do some things, right? Yeah. Uh, there's some things that you want to leave our folks with about yeah, I think generating. I think the biggest thing is just to remember why you're in business, what your purpose is, and to to mentally understand that what you have has value, but you have to be able to articulate that value first to yourself, then to your clients. And if you haven't figured that out, the first revenue generating activity you need to be working on is getting with some sort of professional, some sort of, of, of marketer that can help you to clearly articulate what is your problem that you solve, what are the emotions tied to that problem, who has that problem, and what is the dream come true, snap their fingers, change the world solution that they're looking for, and how your solution matches that and what benefits it gives them. Those three things, the problem and the emotions, the solution that is their dream, and the benefits that they get from obtaining that dream and from losing that problem. If you can't articulate that, that's the number one thing you need to be working on right now. All right, guys, you heard it. The two business guys have masterminded on the problem of, are you doing the revenue generating activities? All right. We will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, go out and have a profitable day. We'll see you next time. See you next week, everybody.